I'm Mick Danzig. <laughs> and I'm Hannah Hampton. And you're listening to HR After Hours 420 Edition. Well, give me a doobie and send me on the road again <laughs> and then call me Willie Hannah Hampton. How are you today? You know, um, doing doing as good as expected, I guess. <laughs> All right, Hannah. Well, we've always talked about doing a true 420 episode, so I've got a few things I want to cover here. See how this goes. You know, the thing is, honestly, people, we're not the best representation of the (laughs) pot culture, so we may epic fail here a little bit. We've dealt with the legalization, and neither one of us have had a major impact at work. We'll talk about that a little later, but what about... Do you have any work-related pot stories, funny, awkward? I'd say it's on the funny and awkward side. So I had worked for a restaurant company uh, in the HR department, obviously. And I remember receiving a phone call from a manager saying, hey, I'd like to fire a server uh, who was smoking pot on a break. Basically, you know, just to keep this story kind of short, uh, the server went on break, came back, and must have either appeared to be high or smelled like it. And the manager said, were you smoking pot on your break? And the server's response is, yeah, I'm a grown-ass woman. I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's it's funny. Like, okay, ultimately, yeah, you're, you're, as a grown person, you, you, you make your own decisions. But uh, uh, this company had a very strict uh, anti-drug you know drug policy where – you signed a big piece of paper saying you wouldn't do it outside of work or in work. So this person ended up losing their job, but they fully, you know, hey, at least they didn't try to hide it or cover it up. They fully admitted, said, yep, I did it. And uh, the manager uh, terminated them. So I guess the moral of the story is if you signed a, a piece of paper saying you're not going to do drugs, don't do drugs at work. But let me tell you this funny story. I'll tell it as quickly as I can. I was at a conference with some of my peers, a very good friend of mine, I think it was from SoCal or she'd been there quite a while. And we all made it a point to stay in the same hotel, uh, but in our rooms were in different places, but this was like a three story hotel. Okay. This wasn't Mm -hmm. like a 20 story. So my room was always like the hub of where we got together before we went out and got trouble. And we'd have, (laughs) I typically made martinis. We'd all have a martini and then we'd go out to dinner or whatever. Well, a friend of ours, but she was like, um, I've got some really good weed. And we're all like, you know, we're all HR professionals. We're like, <gasps> you know, every, and it's funny. <laughs> is you gauge the room to see who does the best job of right. acting offended. Because I knew everyone in my room and I knew they had all smoked marijuana at some point. She's like, you know, why don't we just stay in and uh, we'll get some food delivered and let, let's try this. And so I'm like, well, the one thing I'll tell you guys is since my room's kind of party central and I know people will be coming in and out of here, if you want to do that, we got to go do it somewhere else. It's like, oh, we'll do it in my room, blah, blah, blah. And so about six of us went up. There's just one joint for six people. And and this is like at least <laughs> 10 years ago. And we're all kind of like, well, this is safe. You know, six people, one, one joint. And she looks over and she goes, I'm going to tell you guys. And it's like she read our mind. Like, And, and I think she had already had some earlier. And she's like, I'm going to tell you guys, you're going to think this isn't enough. But this stuff is like crazy. She's like, the person I get my pot from is one of Snoop Dogg's drug dealers. You know, you're like, oh, cool. And I'm in the back of my head going, yeah, right. <laughs> Turned out it was true. I found this out later. So six people on one joint, we barely finished it. 
And all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, well, um, everyone grab whatever you need from your hotel rooms, and let's all meet back down in mine, and uh, we'll have a drink, and hell, let's go hang out by the pool, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, this is a small three-story boutique hotel. We all broke up, uh, but one person stayed with me, and it was a buddy of mine. He's like, yeah, let's go get a drink, and we'll wait for everyone else to get there. Dude, we were so stoned. <laughs> That we couldn't find my hotel room, which was down the hall, straight off the lobby. Everyone, everyone got lost in this tiny little hotel. You would catch like a glimpse of someone walking across a stairwell or something and go, oh my God, that's part of our party. We got to find them. And then we're like, but how do we do it? And then we just stood there and all laughed. It took an hour to find my hotel room. (laughs) And we all got dispersed and lost. Oh, no. And then when everyone finally found it in my room and we're all like, oh, my God, did you guys have as hard a time as we did? We we were so loud that the front desk kept calling. And they're like, "Uh, Mr. Danzig, we're getting reports that your room is being excessively loud. We can actually hear (laughs) you down here. And we know it's only 830, but could you uh, keep it down? And all of a sudden, I was like, 830? I swear, I thought we went up to her hotel room at 8.40. (laughs) But what we thought was an hour later to get into my hotel room was a negative 10 minutes. Oh, wrap your head around that, Hannah Hampton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. But, I mean, my goodness, let's talk about, you know, we started this podcast just over a year ago. And we just, that's when we were discussing. Has it been over a year? Just at a year, yes. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Yes. And so we've discussed the impacts of pending legalization of marijuana and the couple Mm -hmm. of states that had it. But, I mean, in the last year, holy cow, the difference in the types of legalization, the the states that have it. I mean, there's been a lot going on. And the funny thing is you and I both, when we said, hey, we need to do something a little 420 for this episode, <laughs> when we discussed, you know, how it's impacted us in, in, in our industry, we have seen a minimal impact. Yeah. And the, well, at least in, in the work we're both doing, certainly. But haven't you had issues in your office where you have a, a building uh, cohabitant that you can frequently maybe smell the uh, ganja coming up from their office? Or No comments. <laughs> All righty. So. <laughs> I, I mean, but I also, I just will say I, I work in a state where it is legal um, for recreational adult use. Yeah, no comment on that. <laughs> wow. I didn't expect that. For me in New York, the only impact is the you're not allowed to drug test as a pre-employment piece unless it is uh, related to mass transit or children and that, that environment. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I support that. As far as, you know, just going in and running your business, they can't say, hey, we need you to go pee in this cup for THC before we officially give you the job. So my job's actually been a little easier because I've had a couple candidates that I'm like, oh, man, this person's telling me they can pass a drug test. 
holy cow, every time I call him, it's either Zeppelin or Marley in the background. And there oh, time, I thought I could even smell it. Now, I will tell you, I have a friend who worked in the uh, industry up in Canada for a legal company. In Canada, in the last couple months, there have been a lot of layoffs in the industry. And I think they just kind of overhired because obviously mm -hmm. cannabis is doing very strong. And if you recall, at one point, Canada was actually out of pot. They uh, were out of pot? They actually ran out of pot when they first <laughs> legalized. Well, and then in Chicago, they had to close the recreational dispensaries to allow the medicinal to have enough supply. Right, because that's and part of the legislation is that you have to, a certain, I think a certain percentage of your sales have to go to medical, if I uh, read and understood that correctly. Don't quote me on it, but that's what I had, my understanding of it was a certain amount of your sales had to be medical. A couple of the dispensaries said that they were happy to close the recreational side because their people were working nonstop. Oh my goodness. The demand was so high the first week in Chicago. Vegas seems to have it handled. Obviously, Colorado is the gold standard. California, they just kind of did the California thing and they said, yeah, sure, fine, grow some, smoke some, whatever, we don't care. They, I think they're just coming to terms with the fact that their state's going to fall in the ocean someday. So they're <laughs> like, we might as well all be high while it's uh, taking place. Um, but here's the one thing I would do. I always plan on talking about this. Let's talk a couple uh, about a couple facts. Okay. So Hannah, would you believe me if I told you that two thirds of Americans favor marijuana legalization, reflecting a steady increase in public support? Not surprised. Not surprised. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's there's definitely a big growth in support from the consumer perspectives and the economy as well and the impacts it has. The, you know, uh, and again, I just full disclosure. I mean, I'm where I live. I feel like somebody's going to play a game of like, let's figure out where Mick and Hannah live. <laughs> but uh, because we throw hints, but certainly I live in a place where it is legal for uh adult recreational use and obviously medical use. So I, where I live is, is pretty, um, you know, leans on the liberal side. So that's probably why I'm not surprised there's that much support. So that's my full disclosure. Funny you should mention that. Democrats <laughs> and Democratic leading independents are more likely than Republicans and GOP leaders to support the legalization of marijuana. 78% to the Democrats, 55% to the GOP. Still more than half of the GOP groups, however. Both groups do uh, admit that support has uh, risen amongst their ranks. So that's pretty sure. interesting stuff. Few Americans say marijuana should be illegal under all circumstances. So those that don't necessarily support recreational use, more of them are pro-medical. But here's my fun one. Mm. So... Let's break it down by generations, so to speak. Okay. The majorities of the millennials, millennials are 81 to 97, Gen Xers, 65 to 80, and baby boomers, all the way back from 46 to 64, say the use of marijuana should be legal. So they've all had sharp increases mm -hmm. in the amount that believe it should be legal. So your boomers, they actually think, this is funny, this, this number is kind of crazy. The boomers, it's actually 35% think it should not, but 63 mm. think it should be. And that's only uh, one percentage difference 
from the Gen Xers. So who would have thought the boomers and Gen Xers would have been so close? Gen, Gen Xers, 34% uh, think I it mean, should not I be guess, legal. I guess I'm, I'm not overly surprised it's that close, just because I think about, you know, kind of that generation, the Woodstock era and the free love hippies, people who, you know, they were, I guess, marijuana's been a part of their lives for a long time. <laughs> Exactly. And well, and remember the Gen Xers, we kind of had to live through the war on drugs and everything like that. Mm -hmm. The millennials, 76% support legalization. And I, I think that that's fair because if I was a millennial in this day and age, I'd be like, what do you got for me to take right now? Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I don't think there's anything surprising about that at all. Other than that, here's the last fact I want to use on this. 48%, just under half of American adults say that they have used marijuana at hmm. least once in their lifetime. And that was a 2018 poll that I think would be even higher. That's uh, that's something different I, to think about. You know, I it's funny. I um, I have a friend who's who's never done it and is interested. However, because of their their work situation, they cannot. So I think it's one of those things, like once this person is not working anymore or even in retirement, they will probably give it a shot. So I wonder if some people, they don't do it, A, well, A, you know, staying away from illegal activities, but some people, you know, that they don't want to put any job at risk, which I think, you know, hey, let's be practical when it comes to that. But uh yeah, I wonder if if I wonder how many people and does, I don't know. I doubt the poll asks this. How many people would try it if it were, you know, legal on a federal level? Because I think that's a, that's one big thing is like it's still federally illegal. So that's why it gets a little messy when it comes to workplace issues and how it's handled at work. Because state by state, it could be legal, but federally, it's still illegal. I lived in California when medicinal legalization. Uh, so you don't live voted. in California right now. I yeah, do not. Because, so those playing, uh, <laughs> where, those do playing the where do they live game can mark California <laughs> off of mix. But I did live there. And when it became medicinally legal, some of the different uh, cities would do things to test the federal government. And San Francisco, always being very progressive. And mm -hmm. I'll take a jab at San Francisco here and there. But let me tell you, the one thing that I will always give uh, San Francisco credit for, for the rest of my life, the way they attacked the COVID-19 scare, and they were the first ones to be very aggressive about mm -hmm. shelter in place because they knew it was going to be hard for them because they have a high homeless rate. They mm -hmm. have a, you know, a, a well, city. Just a lot of population. A lot of population living on top of each other. You know, it's like New York. It's not uncommon to be 35 to 40 and still have roommates because the cost of living is so high, even mm -hmm. if you have a great job. They really took the lead, though, and did such a phenomenal, phenomenal job that I do want to give San Francisco a mad shout out for that because they deserve it. So when, when I was in, I, and I was in Southern California, San Francisco had indoor growing houses for the medicinal industry, which was still, I mean, they were really pushing their luck. And about every six to 12 months, the federal government would come in and raid one of the growing houses or more yeah. than one at a time, just to kind of, uh, you know, swing their dick around a little bit and say, hey, 
it's still not federally legal. They didn't really do that with Colorado, except Colorado, you still, it's still a cash industry because of this. And that makes it dangerous. You're very susceptible to robberies and things like that. And that's why I do think it's up to the government to listen to these stats and just make it legal. The states are already speaking. We need to let the states speak more about policies. And this is one of those. My last thing I want to share, because we're running a little long. Yeah. And I'm putting you on the spot here, but I, I've got to ask you, Hannah Hampton, are you doing anything to celebrate 420? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, no, I'm not. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like that is such a boring answer, but um, I do have a birthday coming up, so uh, I do celebrate that. But uh, 420, I'm just... It's just like any other day for me. How about you? I do not necessarily partake in the ganja. And if I do, there it's very few and far between. But I'm really excited. Weedmaps.com to encourage, and the, the another one, that I'm going to give them a mad shout out for this, to encourage social responsibility. And they are actually holding the world's biggest virtual 420 celebration oh. called Hire Together Sessions from Home, and <laughs> it's from 12 to 5 on 420. The host and featuring act is actually someone I'm a big fan of, Wiz Khalifa. So there's going to be a 420 DJ set and smoke session, and this is going to be going on. And here's a great one. Billy Ray Cyrus is doing an acoustic set, a video premiere of Mama Kush. Uh, so that's exciting. And we're going to have Joey Coco Diaz, Ari Lennox, Lennox Stephen Marley. Uh, there's going to be a Tycho G set, Dave East, Cameron, Alchemist, a lot of bands and fun stuff. So you can just toke up or as um, even Willie Nelson has said for health reasons, he no longer smokes marijuana, but you can enjoy some great edibles if that's your, your gig and check out this Hire Together Sessions from Home, uh, sponsored by Wheat Maps. And uh, I'm going to check it out, so maybe I'll have a little follow-up, or who knows, maybe I will stumble across some marijuana, get into this set so far that I moved to Colorado and rename myself Moondog Hipster and get <laughs> uh, a new personality for myself. All right, Moondog, that sounds uh, like a good plan. If you um, can, please stay inside. Stay inside for those who cannot. And then another thank you to all the essential workers out there, from healthcare to grocery workers to transportation workers. Thank you. We appreciate what you do. Uh, please stay safe and please stay healthy out there. Hannah Hampton, thanks again for uh, celebrating 420 with me. And if any of my ganja-toting friends want to drop something off at Mixed Doorstep, uh, make this thing <laughs> a little more interesting, I won't be mad at you. Everyone, take care. Be safe. Stay healthy. We love you.